What's up? I'm John Wall. And I'm CJ Toledano, and we're starting a new podcast presented by DraftKings called Point Game. Okay, you know, like at camps and stuff like this, you take the ball out. You ain't getting the ball back. <laughs> like, you the last one up the court. They already did their thing. So I stopped there, and I just got into a rhythm and started hooping. The Lakers should sign Trey Young this summer. They got to kind of start preparing for, like, if LeBron's last year is this year or next year, whenever it is. And I feel like a uh, pick and roll with AD and a guy like Trey Young would be deadly. Check out Point Game with John Wall and CJ Toledano on the iHeartRadio app, DraftKings YouTube, or wherever you get your podcasts. AT&T connects an ode to podcasts. Connect the alarm. Change the podcast you stream. Connect the snooze. Ten more minutes to dream. Connect the shower. Lather up with the news. Sports talk, comedians, or movie reviews. Connect with that three-hour philosophy show. Change the drive into work. In traffic, so slow. Connect the dishes to voices that glow. Thank you to the geniuses of spoken audio. Connect the stories, change your perspective. Connecting changes everything. AT&T. The 2024 presidential campaign features two candidates who are very well known to Americans. And yet there's complexity at every turn. Criminal trials for one of those candidates. Young voters who are angry. The Campaign Moment podcast from The Washington Post gives you what matters. I'm Aaron Blake, and I'm covering my 10th election cycle. My colleagues and I have insights that you won't find anywhere else. So follow the Campaign Moment right now, wherever you're listening. On my high school team, we have five guys make the NBA. We have the county rocking. It's the mecca of basketball. There are those who come before us upon whose shoulders we stand. It's nothing that you can do to stop a competitive edge. It's just in the water. Welcome back to a special quarantine edition. We got a real special guest. What's up with your Brody with the virtual handshake? I'm going to tell y'all something that I never told nobody. I want all the smoke. Welcome back to another quarantine episode of All the Smoke. Jack, what's happening? My brother, what's going on out there, man? Hey, I hope you got the good weather out there because it's raining down here. It's twist up. It's nice out here. I just got this beanie on because my hair is fucked up. I didn't know what to do with it today. I didn't have, time to, uh, I didn't have time to press it. You feel me? Had to cover that shit up. That's the difference between me and you. If I had that shit you got on top of your head, I'd have a ponytail or some shit right now. My shit just be hanging. You just let that shit go? <laughs> yeah, let that shit, shit go. just be doing whatever. Yeah, I let that shit, shit be go. Doing whatever. <laughs> let, that shit, let that shit hang, huh? Let that shit run. Anyway, man, man, let's get to it, man. We got a special guest today. Someone I'm excited because he's emerged as one of the NBA's best players. But we don't ever hear this motherfucker say nothing. We don't ever hear him talk. No, I never see no interviews of him in us. So I'm really excited to, to get to they know don't more know about shit. him. Right, to get to know more about him, because I know his game, I love his game, but I want to get to know him a little better, man. So everybody, man, welcome Bradley Beal. Welcome, little man. bro. Stack, what's up, man? Thanks for having me. Appreciate man, you taking time, on, man, to be with us. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. How is everything, man? How are you and the family holding up, you know, during this lockdown and... Uh, pandemic we got going on it's crazy man because shit we can't nobody really do nothing but for me it's a blessing because one i gotta i have a gym in my house 
and I got a weight room, so mm-hmm. that's what happens. With, that's what happens when you're really rich. But go ahead. <laughs> <laughs> hey, I got, I got, a, I got a little upper hand, so I, I still get my work in on the constant, and I think it's a blessing too, man, because I get to be around my boys all day, every day, be around wifey all day, and you yeah. know we don't get that, you know, during the year we be gone. So no, you know, it's, mm-hmm. it's definitely I look at it as a blessing in disguise. That's something we've definitely talked about, not realizing like. Now that you have time to sit and chill with the kids, how, what that rigor that schedule is, like we never really get that time. And when we do get that time, we're tired as shit. You know what I mean? So it's good yeah. to be able to just spend time with your kids and your family and really just sit back and enjoy shit. No bull. Mm-hmm. No bull. <clears throat> You're a big time gamer. And mm-hmm. I see you and your girl doing all kinds of TikTok. That when you, you guys need to start challenging couples because you guys be on your little TikTok uh, 1980s dance routines. Them shits is dope. You know, even, but even with the wardrobe, here. I don't mean to, hey, even with the wardrobe, uh, him and his girl, they do it like him and uh, like I think Fab and his Come girl, on, them, they do a great job of putting of coordinating together. Y'all, y'all at the top. I think me and my girl, <laughs> me, me and my girl be looking at y'all, man, trying to figure out how how can we get slide into y'all lane a little bit. <laughs> <laughs> Hey, say, man, them joints be all her idea, but the choreography actually be me, so... That's you? You be on the choreography? Oh, everybody's been getting twisted, man. I got some moves now, so I got, I got a little rhythm in my flow. Hell yeah, hell yeah. But, but no, we had an agreement, so every every three hours of video games, you know what I'm saying, I ain't got nothing else to do but work out and play video games, so shit, every three hours, I got to make a TikTok, so... That was our agreement. Oh, y'all be on your shit then, huh? You guys, you yeah. guys need to challenge other couples. I think that would be dope in like a TikTok dance off. Yeah, we need to. Yeah, we might do that. We yeah, might I need do to that. start I don't know, that. I don't for know real. Everybody will compete, but that fuck it, I, I, blow them out the water. <laughs> I just, hey, I just, I just got on Call of Duty, so I got to get your gamer tag, man. They didn't, they, sure. they didn't drag me, in. they didn't drag me in, dog. So I got, we got to get on crazy. one day. I'm some shit, so don't even... <laughs> <laughs> Me too? <laughs> he said he just be on there, hey, huh? Hey, I just hey, be on hey, there, you know what I'm saying? The homies hey, be on there, my girl play, my girl better than me. Hey, B, I can't, I can't even land a parachute right without getting shot. I, <laughs> I'm getting shot before I even land. <laughs> you get shot in the air. That's what I'm saying. These kids, and it be nine-year-olds. Oh, little kids. Oh, yeah. My, little, yeah. my, my twins Talk be on there crazy. fucking people up. My twins be on there cussing and shit. Like, I'll, I'll, I'll be shooting the show down here, and I'll walk out to take a break. I'll be hearing the twins talk reckless. I was like, who, who are you talking? Oh, some dude was talking trash online, Dad. Like, Sorry. letting them have it. I'm like, yo, they really be getting it. Because I don't, I don't play video games no more, but I, it's serious. I can it's hear it from upstairs. Bring it out you. It's real. They'll bring it out you, for real. They're Call of Duty, <laughs> yes. They're duty, Ooh. Hey, talk <laughs> to us a little bit it. about fatherhood and uh, about fatherhood and how that's changed your life and outlook. Uh, honestly, I think, I feel like there's nothing like fatherhood. And I feel like you have to be a father to really understand that. And mm-hmm. coming up on two years, my oldest son, I have two boys. Uh, mm-hmm. Bradley, Bradley the second, and Braylon, and uh, so Bradley is uh, coming up on two, and uh, but when he was born, I feel like it changed my life in so many ways for the better. But mm-hmm. it gave me this motivation to where I was living for something bigger than myself. Absolutely. Everything that I was doing in life, it was bigger than me. Whether it was business, my mentality, mm-hmm. my character, how I carry myself, my work ethic, how I hooped. It was like every time I stepped on the floor, I'm like, shit, these kids grew up in a day of YouTube and Instagram mm-hmm. and Twitter. Like every game that you play is going to be on TV. So how you carry yourself, how you interact with your teammates, like 
how you interact with fans, like all that's going to be visible. So how do you want to portray to your son? Mm, like, great how point. do you treat wifey? Like all of that shit matters. So when he was born, it was like, man, it was it was an eye opener for me. And and honestly, man, I feel like it's, it's, it's nothing like it. Like I can drop the ball today and take care of my kids for the rest of my life and be cool. That's what's up. Mm -hmm. So tell me your thoughts on coming back this season. I mean, I know I know you love uh, giving back to, to the community. Um, you won the Community Assist Award in, in 2018, 2019. Um, tell me your mm -hmm. thoughts on coming back and playing without without having fans there. Like, how would that feel? That's tough. I feel like that's tough. I honestly, I said, shit, we might as well play in the practice facilities if we're going to do that. Like, mm. if, you know, because it's, it's, it's going to have that dead feeling. It's going to be like a practice. Like, mm -hmm. and you got to find that energy, you know, within the team to be able to play. So I think it'll be, I understand it from a health perspective like 100% you got to you got to protect everybody at all costs you know the players for sure first and and you know go from there but at the same time I think it's tough you know from a business standpoint even with the owners like everybody's losing money uh you know we're uncertain of if we come back how many games we may play especially teams who like us who were in the cusp of ninth who got like four or five games that they're out of like mm -hmm. do we get those games or do we not get those mm -hmm. games so it's like it's tough, you know, and then we've been sitting out coming up on two months, two and a half months. So, right. you know, that's going to be tough for a lot of guys to get back into their groove. And it, it ain't like we can just go from zero to 100 back onto the floor. So it's a right. lot of variables, man. But me personally, I hope we get back to open hell. I was I was killing shit. I was right. goddamn right. He said, I'm, I was killing hell. Yeah, you was right. in your groove. Talk to I mean. We're, hey, we're going to get to this later, but you're speaking on it. Tell me what you were in. You are playing on another level. Where were you at mentally? Explain this, because to me, you're playing the best basketball of your career. He was in his bag. You, you know mm -hmm. what? I was mm -hmm. just... Honestly, my, my whole goal was to make the playoffs. And by any means, whatever it looked like, that's what I wanted to do. Everybody was like, oh, man, he was mad about All-Star. Like, yeah, it, it made me... It pissed me off, but at the same time, man, it's like... That doesn't define me as a player. That don't make me. And mm. I know that the ultimate goal at the end of the day is to get this team to the playoffs and try to win the championship. Like, that's everybody's goal. Like, my gear shifted. Like, a weak-minded person to me in that situation would have pouted. I would have said, man, yeah. F the NBA, F all, everybody, F my team. I'm not coming out mm. here to hoop no more. Like, I'm, you know, I'm off it. But I just kind of flipped it, man. Like, it is what it is. Congrats. Because mm -hmm. I, got, I got my little brother, Jason Tatum. I got... That was his first one. So I'm 100% yeah. happy yeah. for guys, you know, Donovan Mitchell, Trey Youngs, you know, the guys who made it their first time because I was in those shoes two years ago mm -hmm. when I first got my first one, you know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. I'm, so I can't take that that feeling away from the other 24 guys that deserve it. You know, to awesome. me, it was just like, get back in the gym and bust your ass. Grime, have that chip on your shoulder. Period. I love it. Talk to us a little bit about, you, you just mentioned Jason Tatum. You guys do a lot of giving back. You guys uh, recently just raised almost $300,000 for the uh, St. Louis Area Food Bank. You guys both teamed up past, uh, last week to do pizzas. And I saw you just did something yesterday. It breezed by and I missed it. But you also donated computers or something yesterday, if I'm yeah. not mistaken. Yeah. So I have a, um, a school here in D.C. Uh, called Ron Brown College Prep. It's a, it's a all, pretty much an all-black school. It's a public school, but it's a... It's a private school, basically. So it's, they dress private, it's private criteria, um, mm. and, but it's publicly funded. So these kids getting college prep, you know, education for free. You know, mm. I, grew, I went to an all-white boys school in St. Louis, and I had to pay for that joint. But, yeah. it was, and it was 18 grand a year. 
But luckily, I was on an academic scholarship to where I didn't have to do that. So mm-hmm. that was my out. And so the last couple of years, I was basically trying to explain to them like the advantage that they have, the opportunity that they have in front of them. And it's a three-year-old school, so this year is the fourth year. This is the first year that they have seniors. And so uh, this past year, I've done tours for them for a couple HBCUs around the D.C. area, Howard, Morgan Park, Hampton, uh, I said Morgan Park, Morgan State. And uh, just to get them a feel for the college life, you know, they have opportunities right here in front of them. And so granted with the pandemic, they weren't able to finish school. And so I purchased laptops for all the seniors there mm. for them to be able to finish up their senior year so they can graduate. That's amazing, man. That's that's the kind of stuff you don't really get a chance to hear too much about, the overall scope uh, of just being able to give back. You know, I think during, while we're playing, we're so in the flow of just sports, highlights this and that, and they, then if it's not that, they're highlighting the negative. You yeah. know, they never really shine. And, and I know you don't do it to get recognition. None of us right. do what we do to get recognition, right. but it's good to be recognized because they're always outside of us playing. Their mm-hmm. only picture they're painting is the negativity. You know For what sure. I mean? Right. So I think more, sure. more light needs to be shined to the positivity because a lot of people are doing a lot of great things and you're right up there with them. So we definitely appreciate that. That's love. That's love. So the last dance uh, premiered last weekend. Um, you got a chance to see the behind the scenes, the MJ Bulls. I tell people it's a lot like because they didn't have social media back then, and Mike was never someone that really got to open up for the world to see. You know, I think we take for granted these days that someone like you was on social media, LeBron, everyone opens up and you get to see more of our lives, but that shit wasn't like that back in the 90s. So looking at it now, what are your thoughts on being able to be, see behind the scenes and, and what you've seen so far? You know what's funny? I said, damn, I feel like Mike sometimes. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, yeah. Hey, like, but a lot of motherfuckers yeah. can't say that. A lot of motherfuckers like, can't say that now. Yeah, like, yeah, yeah. I was like, damn, that's I feel cold. like Mike sometimes. Like, I, f- I feel you. Like, like when you have Pip out, like it's like having John out, vice versa. Yeah. Like, it's like, damn, like it's tough. But, you know, you yeah. gotta carry that. You gotta carry that night in and night out. And granted, you see the physicality, you see the grind. You see the it's it's it was a different brand of basketball back then, and mm-hmm. watching it, it's like man, you have nothing but the utmost respect for him, just to see where he was and where he got to, and like the amount of time it was, and it was like it was in the snap of a finger. Like somebody hey. told me the other day, he only he averaged thirty every year, but two years. Like I didn't even know that shit. Mm. <laughs> That's crazy. <laughs> Like, that's insane. Hey, man, like to that's me, crazy, like, this, right? like this is my first year averaging thirty, and I'm like, this is hard as hell to do. Like <laughs> on a nightly basis, thirty. Like, but man, the MJ like, was a problem, man. That, it, it, it put a lot of things in perspective. Just like you said, how how the game was physical back then, and to average thirty, to to keep pushing yourself, to keep finding ways to challenge yourself. You know what I'm saying? To to keep being better with all the things that the the organization to get you against you, your best your best teammate down, like. With all that, he still was pushing himself and still continued to be great, bro. A lot of people don't know how hard that is. It's tough. It is so tough, but you you definitely respect it. You you have yep. no choice but to respect it. And I think the fact that he's able to put it out there live because we know how private MJ is. But the fact mm-hmm. that he's, he blessed us with this, it's like... He reaching a lot of people with this one. He gonna touch a lot of nerves, too. Y'all gonna yeah. learn today. Y'all gonna learn today. That's what he said. <laughs> 
But I think it's important. We have to realize how special we are to get this kind of information. Because like I said earlier, he's the one guy, you know what I mean? Kobe did, obviously, rest in peace, later in his career, open up and kind of let us see the other side. Yeah. You know, LeBron has been the poster boy for just, you know, showing what, the, his, what right. his whole life is like. We yep. never got that with MJ. We, you know, we never really got mm -hmm. to hear Mike speak too much. It was always business Mike and yep. owner Mike and all that. So this shit is dope to just be able to sit back with him with, with a drink, a yak right next to him. <laughs> And a stogie. You already know. I wish it was a joint, but you already know. I know, me too. Like, sitting and getting in his bag. Like, you want to know what this shit was like? I'm going to tell you exactly what this shit was like. And this shit is amazing, man. I'm excited. Yes, sir. This is going to be dope. I can't wait to see what they say with Rod with Rod in Vegas. If they got any footage of him in Vegas, I'm going to lose it. Someone made some cartoon meme yesterday, and it was Rod sitting down talking about how he broke his dick three times. But it was cartoon anime. The shit was insane. I'm like, oh, shit. They're really about to get in their shit. You didn't even open it, did you, Jack? I told you. When you text him, I say, I'm not watching it. I'm not watching it. Bro, the shit was crazy. Anyway, early days, man. You grew up in St. Louis. Yes, uh, shout out St. Louis. Your mom played uh, basketball, Kentucky, and you know was integral on, on you growing up in the game, loving the game, critiquing your shot. Talk to us a little bit about mm -hmm. that. It's, it's man, it's amazing, man. And my parents, they're both together. I came. I'm come from a family of five. It's five boys, man. All boys. Mm. Two older brothers, two All younger, boys. right in the middle. All boys. And the funny thing is, all my brothers went to college for football. How about that? Yes. Wow. <laughs> you the and only one. And it's sick. And I'm the only one. And it's sick because I love football. Like, football mm, is, yeah. my, is my diehard love. But yeah. it's amazing, man, because mom mom put the ball in my hand. She taught me how to shoot. Still to this day, she blow my phone up if I have a badass <laughs> shooting night. You need to get your ass in the gym. You ain't doing what you're supposed to do. <laughs> I love it. And it's like, it was moment. I'll, I'll say to this day, like she was the toughest coach I ever had. Like, still to this day, because she's probably the only person who ever made me want to quit the game. Mm -hmm. And I was like, mm. and she's pushed me that much. I've never had that, and I respect mm -hmm. her so much for that. I love her for it, and it's definitely another reason why I go out there and play the way I do, because it's like. She ain't, she ain't waste all that time exerting her energy into me for nothing. So. Hell nah, you got one of the prettiest, purest strokes in the game. So shit, that's because she was on your ass. That's why. At an early age, it was Ray <laughs> Allen clips. Look uh, at Ray. Yeah. Watch his guy hand. Mm. Look at his balance. I love that. Who, who did you pattern your game after? I, I know Iverson is one of your favorite players, but who did you pattern your yes, game sir. after? I always say these three. It was Iverson, Ray Allen, and D-Wade. Yeah. I, I say that because they had a, it was a mix of all three of them. Like, I love the way Ray shot the ball. It was silky smooth. Allen Iverson could put the ball on the floor and get whatever he wanted. And then D-Wade was just a fierce scorer. He'd get, he could score at all three levels. But mainly, he was a, he was a mid, straight mid-range killer. And that's what I loved about him. And the fact that he was undersized at the two. And so that was yeah. always my label coming into the league, being undersized in my position. So I always looked at D-Wade as, okay, this is what I need to do. Talk to us a little bit about what your recruiting process was like. Obviously, all the accolades in Missouri, uh, mm -hmm. Mr. Basketball and, and uh, you know, Gatorade National Player of the Year. What was your yeah. recruiting process like? It was crazy. So my top five were Florida, Kansas, Duke, Ohio State, 
and what was the last one? I want to say Illinois, Illinois, yeah. So for me, it was hectic. A lot of people don't know. I committed to Florida my sophomore year silently to Coach Donovan, and nobody knew. But I continued to engage with other schools, you know, go through the process. <laughs> right. You know, but I knew where I was going at the end of the day. But it came, but I came out next year, my, my junior year, verbally and announced it. So my senior year, um, I'm about to sign. And so literally the night before I'm about to sign, my mom calls me in her room and says, where are you going tomorrow? She didn't know. Like, she says, like, I didn't tell my parents I committed to Florida. Like, nobody knew but me and Coach Donovan. <laughs> right. So she's like, where are you going? I said, Mom, I said, I think I'm going to Florida. She didn't say nothing. <laughs> so the next day, boom, I'm on the stand. I got all my hats in front of me. I got Florida, Kansas, Duke, Ohio State, Illinois. So... I'm looking, I'm giving my speech, and I'm looking at moms, and she's like, like, boy, you better say the right school. So in the end, <laughs> she wanted me to go to she wanted me to go to Kansas. Kansas is four hours from St. Louis. Stay hey, right, stay close to home. Right down the street. But me, I want to get the hell away from St. Louis. I want to get <laughs> as far as way as I could possibly go and be on my own. So I'm on the stand, I said, I'm going to the University of Florida. Mm. She got up. Walked out, didn't say nothing, didn't clap. I didn't talk to her for wow. two months. Damn. Living in, the, li living in the same house. Living in the same house. Ooh, that's tough. Living in the same house. So how did living you guys finally house. break the ice and, and start talking again? It honestly took my dad and my two older brothers to kind of really break it down to her, to get her to understand, because she never missed any of my games from grade school all the way through high school. She was at every single game. And so for me to go 18 hours away was like a slap in the face to her. Mm. Like, even if I went to Duke, like that was 14 and she was like, damn, that's too far. So I'm like, Kansas cold as hell. <laughs> you know, it's four hours away, it's too close. I, I said, I just, I just can't do it. And so it just eventually came to the point my older brothers, one went to Northern Illinois, the other went to Alabama State. So one's five hours away, one's twelve hours away. And so I'm like, Mom, you gotta you gotta let me you gotta let the you gotta let the you gotta let the bird fly. You gotta let me mm -hmm. go. Straight so, up. Sure enough, she 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 let me go and the rest was history. That's what's up. What was your oh, experience? It's one more it's one Florida. story I gotta tell you. Oh go ahead, go ahead, go ahead, go no, ahead, please. go ahead, go ahead. When I was this is a story I always try to tell my, my AAU kids because I got an AAU team now. So when I went to college, one thing I always try to tell my mom is that once I go to school, you ain't the coach no more, right? She calls Billy Donovan. <laughs> Why my son ain't getting the ball? Da, 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 da. That man hung that phone up so fast on us. He called me in the office and said, man, don't ever have your mom call a period. <laughs> wow. Mamas don't play, said, though, man. Y'all, you know how mamas hey, are, man. Yeah, I'm, not even, I'm not even mad at it. Yeah, I ain't even I mad at it. I loved her. I loved her, but I was like, damn. The fact that he Love. hung up on her, I said, moms. She ain't never had that. You know, she ain't never had a coach disrespect her or, like, felt like that was disrespect. Like, but he was like, nah, I got this. You stay your ass up in St. Louis. <laughs> <laughs> I got him. I got him. But you That's definitely love her for it, but that was, that was a crazy. I remember yeah. it like yesterday.
That's what's Gotta up. Gotta love moms. What was your experience like in Florida? Like I know you, I know you recently visited with uh went back and we we visited with Joakim Noah and uh Al Hoffman. Mm -hmm. But what was your experience like in Florida? It was short. I was only there for a year, but I was a nerd. That's what a lot of people don't know. Uh I was smart as hell. My major was biology pre-med, so I was mm. on the way to be a doctor. Like that was that was my Word. goal. Yeah. Mm, that's, yeah that's what up. that's what a lot of people don't know. I was I was 4.0. That was I was I was a geek. <laughs> I was a geek, but it was uh it was short, man. It was short. We the hoop season was great. I was definitely on the fence about coming back for my sophomore year, but coach Donovan eventually just kind of gave me the the kick out. Mm. He was like he, he, he was like <laughs> you about to be money. he said you have a chance to be top 3 in the draft. He was like I can't I can't hold you back from that. Kept so it real with you. He kept it he kept it real with me. That's why that's why since day 1 I that's why I chose him. Because he, he told me from day one, he said, you're not going to, he said, I don't guarantee you're going to start. I don't guarantee you a lot of playing time. I don't guarantee you the ball. He's like, but I do guarantee that you will work hard, be a better man, and get better every day. And I said, that's where I want to go. Mm. What's up? I'm John Wall. And I'm CJ Toledano, and we're starting a new podcast presented by DraftKings called Point Game. We're now joined by three-time NBA Sixth Man of the Year, elite bucket getter let's please welcome jamal crawford to point game king of the court one-on-one -on -one tournament if they had it back in your prime do you think you could have took it all i'm gonna be honest with you i don't think i could have took it all but i think i would have shocked a lot of people i think kobe and everybody in their prime kobe would win a one-on-one -on -one contest yeah I, yeah because you gotta think Love he's it. gonna guard he don't care about guarding He's going to guard. He's going to exactly. guard. Like, you see him in the Olympics, he's going to guard. And then on I'm top of that. I'm not guarding like that, see that? Ladies and gentlemen, please welcome Sam Cassell to Point Game. I remember you came out from crying tears. <laughs> crying tears. I mean, he was in a culture shock. And then I, his, he's going to withdraw us about winning. Remember what I told you? I said, I said, OG, you think I can get paid and go back and play in college because he didn't need it. <laughs> Check out Point Game with John Wall and CJ Toledano on the iHeartRadio app, DraftKings YouTube, or wherever you get your podcasts. How do we level the playing field for all entrepreneurs? 55% of white businesses survive the startup phase, while only 4% of black businesses do the same. So I want every black entrepreneur to know about the 1 Million Black Businesses Initiative. The 1 Million Black Businesses Initiative is an award-winning program created by Shopify and Operation Hope. They're on a mission to start, grow, and scale 1 million black businesses by 2030, driving wealth creation for the black community. Out of 6 million employer-owned businesses in the U.S., only 2.3% have black ownership. This program gives black entrepreneurs tools and resources to level the playing field. From free business coaching to tailored training and extended free Shopify trial. Shopify's made a 10-year, multi-million dollar commitment to the program, and it's working. The initiative already started, supported, and engaged with over 334,000 black businesses, helping them operate businesses that sell anything from skateboards to coffee beans, to apparel. Business owners love this program. Simone Harvin, founder of SC Creative Group, says, The 1 million black businesses experience for me was unlike any other program I've been a part of, primarily because it was for us and it was by us. Here at Drink Champs, we are always interacting with our listeners, many being black entrepreneurs. Shopify is one of those platforms that empowers and emboldens entrepreneurship. So chart your own path for business success with the 1 Million Black Businesses Initiative and Shopify. Bring your business to Shopify with an exclusive offer at shopify.com slash B-E-N, all lowercase. 
Go to shopify.com slash B-E-N. AT&T connects an ode to podcast. Connect the alarm, change the podcast you stream. Connect the snooze, 10 more minutes to dream. Connect the shower, lather up with the news, sports talk, comedians, or movie reviews. Connect with that three-hour philosophy show. Change the drive into work and traffic so slow. Connect the dishes to voices that glow. Thank you to the geniuses of spoken audio. Connect the stories, change your perspective. Connecting changes everything. AT&T. I mean, you went there for uh, SEC freshman of the year, averaged nearly 15, mm-hmm. went to the Liete, and then it was time to take your talents to the league, huh? It's time to get up out of there. It's time to go. It's time to go. What are your thoughts on one and done? You know, we've seen uh, recently Jalen Green mm-hmm. jump to the G League, Isaiah Todd jump to the G League. Um, you know, the NBA, I'm sure, within the next few years is going to open it back up so guys can jump straight to the NBA. But do you, how important do you feel like college, that one year of college was to your success and being drafted number three in the game? It's tough, bro, because I feel like if you're talented enough and the league knows it and, you know, the scouts know it, then then you should go. Um, you know, especially with the way the NCAA is now, like, I feel like they're holding a lot of kids back, you know. Uh, and then on top of that, a lot of kids basically go to, a lot of them are one and done. And so college, in a way, I feel like it was beneficial for me. But at the same time, I do think there's beneficial gain in the G League. You know, you get you get the experience, you get the NBA experience. Right. You know, you get coached under that type of that type of chemistry atmosphere. And then on top of that, you get a little change in your pocket with that. Granted, you ain't getting millions in the G League, but it's enough to enough to enough for a kid who nineteen years old at that time. I think it can go either way. I, I really hope at the end of the day the NBA kind of grab hold of the ultimate decision. Um because I think the the NCAA kind of is just a little it's a little too corrupt for me, and uh, and the college coaches at that too. You know, it's like what is your like what is your game? Like what is your what are your motives with the kids? You know what I'm saying? A lot of them want money in their pocket. A lot of them want to keep the kids for four years, and you know to, to get that prestige of the school or whatever. But mm-hmm. it's like. What is what are the real motives behind the coaches there? Mm-hmm. You know, versus you know in the league, it's it's nothing but pure development. You have to get better. Win. Right. That's you right. know it's 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 either you get better or you don't have no job. Period. Yeah, you eat you eat what you kill. You recently so, uh, j- joked with Tatum on IG Live last week about uh, you know this this very conversation. He said he still might have gone to Duke, and you made a joke like, "Oh, they <laughs> must have been paying you know you they must have been paying you six hundred grand." You guys went back and forth uh, on that. Talk to us a little bit about that. That shit was funny. It's just funny. Jason, my brother, man. Uh, I don't think they gave him a dollar. He ain't, he not like that. He, he, wouldn't, <laughs> he wouldn't. Hey, hey, I don't think they gave him a dollar. He his mom wouldn't. His mom damn sure ain't going for it. So uh, it's all it's all love, and I, I love everybody at Duke too. Coach K know what it is. I almost I know he still he tell me to this day he's still mad at me for not going. So it's it's nothing but love with them. But it it, it happens. It, you know we see. Right. We see it out there, so. Yeah, mm-hmm. it is what it is. It is what, I, to me, I yeah. just think that the NCAA is almost driving kids away with their outdated policies. You know what I mean? Like, you don't make it beneficial at all to really come to college. You know, like yeah. you said, the, the longer you stay in college, the, you know, these days, you know, the, the lower your draft stock drops. Yeah. So, you know, it's almost like with their old, outdated rules, I think college is going to be a thing of the past for the top players here on out. Yeah, it has to be. That's why the league got to grab hold of it because just like you yeah. said, as young as, you know, the league looks at younger guys every year. 
every year. And it's something I always try to tell my AAU kids, man. Every, you know, the draft is 30 guys, guaranteed, mm-hmm. you know? And, you know, you got another 30 who could possibly make the team. So, and then on top of that, there's only 450 of us total in the mm-hmm. league. You know, mm-hmm. so calculate how many guys are just shifting in and out of the league every year, you know? Mm-hmm. So on top of the guys who are hungry coming up from the G League, on top of the guys who have been pros since 15, 16 overseas, like, it's it's a lot, man. And that's why it's a true grind. You got to respect everybody in the league, respect every opponent, and really grind it out. Mm-hmm. 2012, you drafted number three. AD goes one, you go three, Dame Lillard goes six. Uh... Drummond goes nine, Draymond Green goes 35. You got any memorable moments of, you know, the draft or your rookie orientation, any of that kind of stuff? My draft night was crazy. For one, it was my birthday. So that was the best damn birthday ever. Came a a millionaire on your birthday? (laughs) I just turned 19. So that was Mm. boom. That That was love for me. And then on top of that, the whole night, I kind of had a feeling I was either going to go two or three. We knew AD was going one. So I either knew I was going to Charlotte or Washington. And so, boom, we sitting in the draft room. Sure enough, my agent tapping me. He was like, it's possible you might go to OKC. Mm. I, I said, I said, damn, how am I going to go there? I ain't even work out for OKC. I only worked out for three teams. You know, so I'm like, Washington, Cleveland, and, uh, and Charlotte. I'm like... Was Harden still? That's when Harden Harden was still in OKC. So the deal was to trade James to Washington, right? OKC gets the third pick. No, Mm. it was either the second or third pick. They were going to trade up to two or three, get me, trade James to Washington. For you. And then for me. And then that's when they'd rock out like that. I'd have been in OKC with Katie and Russ. Ooh, ooh. I mean, obviously, Harden is who is Harden, but yeah, a dead spot up. Oof, that would have been fun. That would have been crazy. Yeah. I, I love hearing stories that was, like that because nobody knows that kind of shit. You know what I mean? Nobody knows, knows that. that you were almost traded for Harden on draft day. That was like, that was last minute decision. Like, really? It was almost. It was almost done. Yeah. That's what's what, up. What was your welcome to the What was your welcome to the NBA moment? Was it that, or was it something else? Hell no, it was my first exhibition game. It was funny because my first exhibition game was in Kansas City. So I had my family all come I'm at the career, basically. And it was against the Miami Heat, LeBron, D-Wade, and damn Chris Bosh off winning the championship. (laughs) Nice. (laughs) Man, I'm... I'm growing up watching these cats, you know, so I'm a LeBron fan, I'm a D-Wade fan. I'm I'm, I'm like, damn, I'm out here with these guys. Let me see what this... Boom, dunk, 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 pump fake, <laughs> pump fake, foul. I'm like, man, they, they got every vet move Welcome. in the book. Welcome. Welcome. I said, Welcome. yeah. I said, yeah. This, I got a long way to go for sure. <laughs> but outside of that, after that being your first taste in the preseason, once the season hit, what was like your one moment? Like, okay, shit, I'm here now. Mm. It was tough because I, re- I, tr- I don't remember shit from my rookie year. Because it was that bad. Like, we were bad. <laughs> it was it was horrible. We were bad. Like, John didn't play. I knew it. I knew John was out, like, the first 30 games. Him and Nene. So, I was, like, I, was, I remember I was thrown into the fire. So, I was pretty much a deer in the headlights. And I just, the only thing I knew is that I had good vets. I had my OG Sam Cassell with me. 
and, 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 and he was and he was basically molding me. So it was it was rough. It was rough. My rookie year was tough. Shout out to Sam. I fuck with Sam. That's a good dude Sam, right there, guy. G. A lot of people Sam, don't know that you and John were close before you even got drafted. Yes. Tell us how that relationship developed. So John, I knew John in high school. Uh, he was in college, about to get up out of there, be one and done. Uh, so we basically met my last year playing AAU ball my junior year. And uh, he came out to L.A. where we were playing and watched me play, watched other guys play. And, hell, we exchanged numbers, and we've been cool since then, and it was amazing. Two years later, here I am, boom, drafted to the Washington Wizards. And so mm-hmm. it was I mean, we just kind of took off from there. He was always been a big brother figure to me, and you know, we've it's been the same since then. You know, we've just constantly grown. We've both matured, and you know, it's it's that's my big brother, man, still to this day. Mm-hmm. I mean, we all we all know y'all relationship, you know, and we know how to how the media try to twist things on the outside looking in. But tell me, tell me your thoughts mm-hmm. on the media. What what you think was the worst bullshit head bullshit headline that it said about you and uh you and uh, John Wall? The one that everybody keeps saying is that we don't like each other. Mm-hmm. That, I think that's the one that, bo- that pissed both of us off because for so long, it w- we were both young and immature that we let the media stir it up to where it kind of both affected us. Like, it affected me. I was like, well, damn, is he really thinking like that? Mm. Like, and it's like, and he's, he's like, damn, well, does B really feel like that? And so it was like a slight, it was like a silent tension. It was like, but then it came to a point where it was like, well, let's nip this shit in the bud. Like, because, like, we never had any beef. It was nothing that he did that provoked me or that I didn't like and vice versa. So it was right. like, we really just broke, we just had a, we just had a man to man. It was like, bro, you got a problem with me? No. You got a problem with me? No. So it is what it is. Like, leave the media, like, let the motherfuckers do what they do. Like, leave it, leave that out there. So we going to rock the way we rock. And we That's- just both understood that. Hell, we both needed each other to grow. You and we both mm-hmm. needed each other to win and you know help this this organization be what it needs to be. Yeah, John said no the doubt. same thing. We had him on the show. He was like, "Man, you know that's my boy." Like they say, that bothered him too because he's like, "There's nobody that he would want to go to war with more than you. There's nobody that he want to be on outside him more than you." Sure. And and he hate when people on the outside try to twist that. But he said he said the same thing. You said y'all know y'all relationship, and that's all that really matters. So you know, I said we already knew that from the outside looking in. I think what people get misconstrued at is the fact that we both like kind of alpha dogs and so mm-hmm. like like we both want to take the, the shot at the end of the game like shit mm-hmm. that's just that's just who we are like and guess what i wouldn't want nobody else to take it but him if i'm not taking it so right that's just you know that's just our that's just our mindset and i feel like we both understood that and we used that to fuel each other like like in a confident way to where it's like man it's gonna be it's gonna be it's gonna be so beautiful when you come back because now I'm in a space and mentally and my game is where mm-hmm. it wasn't like when he was at his all star level like it's mm-hmm. I'm excited for it for sure. Well, that's why you know I, I think myself and Jack we're so cr- uh, critical on outside media because we are part of the media now technically, but they don't realize and fans don't realize how powerful fake bullshit is. 
You know yeah. what I mean? Because we know chemistry is the most important thing. And like you said, I think it was amazing you touched on it. There was a silent tension. Like, they, you, the, the bullshit had you guys question each other when you guys had fucked with each other from the whole time. You know right. what I mean? So that's why I'm so critical when I see bullshit. I'm a call bullshit. Jack is the yep. same way because, like, don't start that bullshit because you in here trying to fuck a whole locker room up off, off something that's not even true. Right, right. And we've had that plenty of times. Plenty yep. of times. Too yep. many times to count. Straight up. He told us a story about how, uh, you know, when his mom passed, you drove, what, it was four hours down to, you you know, out of the blue. He didn't ask you to. You just did it out of the kindness of your heart. You know what I mean? Yeah. And he said that really struck a, a chord, and, and he really knew how down you were for him. So when you hear the integral details that you give us, that he gives us, and then hear the narrative that they're trying to push, man, it bothers the fuck out of a lot of people who really know what's going on. Has he ever told you that? Because he, he made it clear to us, like, that meant the world to him, bro. Now, that you were his guy for that. He, yeah, he, he has, and, and a lot of other people have definitely told me, like, the people around him have told me the impact that he that has had on him and, and it's, it's amazing, bro, because I've never seen that side of him. And God forbid I ever see that side of him again. Like, still to this day, like, I don't I don't know how he do it. You know, his pops passed when he was younger. You know, he was basically the man in the house when he was a kid on till now. And now his best friend is gone. And when that happened, it was crazy because we were actually flying to Charlotte to play Charlotte. That's and what he, he said. Up, and they live in Raleigh. And as soon as we landed, bro, he got the news. And mm. it was like, they were blowing my phone up like, bro, where you at, where you at? You got to go find him. We don't know, he not answering. I'm like, damn, okay. Boom, where you at, bro? I'm in the room. I go in the room. It's just, man, it's shit everywhere. Like, it looked like a tornado hit the room. Mm. And I could do nothing but hug him and just hold him and just, just, just keep him cool because... Dog lost his best friend, man. Like, yeah, I can only bro. imagine. I said, man, F this game tomorrow. Right. Like, I'm going to go ride down with yeah. you. Like, she was in the hospital that night. I went down there. We rode down, stayed the night, came back up the next day and played. But that uh, I know Dog was hurt, man. I'm happy I yeah, was we've there been for him there, because man. I don't think, yeah. I honestly don't think anybody else being there would have helped. Right. We had a similar situation. That's how Jack, you know, Jack and I were already teammates when it happened with my mom. My mom, my mom died, and mm. Jack was the first one yeah. to pull up on me. And, like, it, it's something, it, it, it tripped me out because the, the story was so similar to how you were there for him. And it's mm -hmm. the same where the reason why Jack and I were more than teammates, more than friends, like, we're brothers for that moment. You know what I mean? Like, like you said, and there, there's no one else that could have filled that void at that time besides you and besides Jack. You know what I mean? So, I, I mean... For, for myself and you know John's already thank you guys but that shit is tough man obviously losing your mom losing yeah. your best friend is nothing you wish on imagine. nobody but right. when there was someone there to really hold you down that really cared and it's genuine like it, it, it hits different so we definitely appreciate that man no doubt for sure Sure, sure. You, re uh, you agreed to a, a two-year extension uh, in, Oct in, in October mm -hmm. um, and to, to kind of keep your, you know, your freedom, your destiny, your control in your own hands. Speak mm -hmm. to us a little bit about how you approach uh, your, your, your extension and then your thinking on that. It was definitely tough. Uh, I, de I came down to damn near the deadline of my decision because um, I'm, I'm a, I kind of play devil's advocate like, the whole year was I'm weighing pros and cons of, you know, staying or leaving, you know, signing and not signing. You know, do I wait and try to sign this summer or do I wait and 
try to get traded? Like, do I wait and, you know, play my contract out? And so it was, it, I had a bunch of options. And for me, it was, I secured, a, what, two more years of, I have two more years here. So, well, three. And so for me, it was like, that puts me, to me, I don't think I'm going to hit my prime until I'm, what, 29, 28, 29, 30. And so I feel like that at the end of this extension, it puts me right there. And so it kind of puts me in the prime time of my basketball. And so it, it leaves me, it still gives me the flexibility with also giving my respects and loyalty to the organization that drafted me. So I'm still giving you all an opportunity here to make it work with John, to make it work with everybody, you know? So mm -hmm. here we go. We got a couple more years. And granted, I think my extension is the length of John's contract as well. So, you know, we mm -hmm. got, this is this is the time we got. So, you know, we're going to see what we can do. And, you know, we're going to make it work. You spoke on it, though. You've reached, you know, super, not nah, super, you superstar status with who you, you know, you're one of the best guards in the game, hands down. And like you said, your game has you know, really developed when John went down. It almost had, it was forced to, you know what I mean? Like mm -hmm. you said, you, you felt like he was an MJ, you know, when he lost Pip and vice versa. Now with it coming, him coming back and we talked to him and how excited he is. He says his explosion is back. He said he's really ready to put on the show. A lot of people say you guys can't coexist. Like, mm -hmm. like, like you mentioned earlier, because you guys are two alphas, you know, you guys both need the ball in your hands. What do you say to all those people now that your game is at an all-star level? Obviously, he's coming back from a tough injury, but he's going to get back to that level. What do you think that, you know, obviously the process of that is going to be like? I think it's going to be smooth, and I think it'll be easy because, one, we both are mature, like, mentally. I feel like me two, three years ago and, like, watching it, it's funny because as a team right now, we have a young team. And so right now during the quarantine, we meet every week and watch our playoff series from a few years ago just Ooh, to get just, I love get some, that. just to get guys some experience and learn just to see the the grit and grind of it just to see the adjustments made and things like that on the fly and so who leads that not to cut you off who leads that you lead that no our team does so our coaches okay our, i believe our player development coaches put it together Okay. And, uh, but he, he definitely he got John and I's permission. So basically, mm -hmm. we hop around from Zoom to Zoom mm -hmm. and uh, and give input on the series. I love so, that. So uh, it's amazing to watch, and I hate watching it because I'm like, I am fucking trash. Like, I don't. <laughs> <laughs> we like we dude, all got that footage we want to throw hey, away, bro. We all got that. Hey, footage. I'm watching it. I'm like, why are you hesitating on your shots? Why you ain't shoot? Why you ain't passing right there? Why you ain't in the stands? Like it's just like. Man, that dude three or four years ago is not who I, like, it's not me today. And I know that for sure. And mm -hmm. I just know that looking at John and his level that he was playing at, and I know the level that which he can come back and be at too, on top of where I've grown, I think it's going to be picture perfect. Obviously, I, perfect. Yeah, I, I love when you say you're a completely different player. What I don't think what uh, the outside fan understands is, obviously, you've, you, your, your skill level has grown, but more it's mentally. Yes, it's yes. mentally understanding the game. People don't understand. Like you come into the game, you you know you could do your thing. Like Zion right now is doing his thing. I say you don't learn how to play NBA basketball to like your some maybe people like third year, but fourth, fifth, sixth year is when you really got a mental understanding. Like okay, my 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 athleticism has improved, my physical skills improved, Man. but the most important thing that has improved is my mindset and my approach. Talk to us a little bit about that. I feel like that was the biggest adjustment I made in year five and six 
from when I signed my extension in year five, my jump from year six to year seven was when I was with an all-star year six. So, no, year six, yeah, year six. So for me, it was, that whole summer was change your mental. Like, mm-hmm. be I a killer, it. be a dog. Like, go be who you were in high school and college. Like, don't be so passive and like, you know, make your, make your, make your statement. Like, go be you. And so, and a lot, I tell every, every I, blah, blah, blah. I tell people all the time, like, honestly, yes, I work on my game, but I'm confident as hell. Like, I honestly feel like mm-hmm. nobody can guard me. I feel like you can't mm-hmm. beat me. I feel like I can shut you down. Like, I have that, un, like, the utmost confidence in myself. And so Got I to. feel like that carries my game to a whole nother level because if I feel like I can do it, I'm going to go out there and do it. What has it been like stepping into the leader role now? I'm assuming John was the leader before. I don't want to misspeak because I wasn't in that locker mm-hmm. room, but you're definitely, since him going down, you know, you said he was your big brother, so I figured that. What mm-hmm. has it been like for you to step up and take, and, and take a more vocal role in that locker room? It's not easy. It's not easy. I would say we, we both had, had that... That footprint, you know, granted, he's the head of the snake being the point guard, uh, being our franchise guy. Like, he's he is our vocal leader. And uh, it was tough not having him basically a year and a half. He missed a little bit of the year before, too. And so with that, it was like I understood how difficult his job was of playing point guard and having to get guys the ball and having to tell guys where to go and how to encourage his teammates when shots aren't falling. You know, and and how to keep guys engaged in the game, how to keep guys, you know, who rookies who go back and forth to the G League and how to keep them engaged, keep them confident, you know, when their opportunities might not be in front of them. So it's it's a lot to juggle. It's a lot to balance. And I feel like the biggest thing for me is being able to listen, being able to accept criticism back and understanding who you're talking to, how you're talking to them, how they like to be talked to. Mm-hmm. Like it's it was it was a lot. And it's a lot for one person to really to really balance by himself. Uh, but mm-hmm. it's definitely helpful that we have a group of guys who are willing to learn and uh, and who want to win and work hard. Like, you can't beat that. I think you hit on a great point. I remember Magic Johnson told me one time, uh, you know, you can't talk and treat everyone the same way. You know, you got to know your players. You know, to be a leader, you have to understand how to talk, how to speak, and to everyone, can everyone is different, how to be able to push buttons. So now that you have that full, like you're that guy right now. So when John comes back, you said it's a tough job for one person to do. You know what I mean? So now it's going to be a much more calming presence in the locker room now because you know what it's like to be that head A1 leader and you're getting another A1 leader back. So now you guys can really balance off each other and really take control of that locker room. I think that's going to be special. Yeah, it'll be great. I think at the end of the day, it got me out of my comfort zone. It forced me to be kind of more vocal, kind of be firm because I'm more of a laid back, like, I'll come pull you to the side every now and then unless I'm really pissed off and then I'll get on you. But John's the opposite. John gonna bark at your ass and 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 talk to you <laughs> afterwards. Like and you know, and, and so I feel like that yin and yang between us is is what we need. Like, you know, you're gonna it's have some balance. times in which you need to be you know, it's a good balance. You're gonna have that time in which you need to be chewed out and you're gonna have that time in which you need to be pat on the back. But mm-hmm. I think having having both of those are essential, you know, and Absolutely. being able to accept both is essential too. What what was happening between you and uh you, you coming to where you the leader of the team now, it's obviously work. Third you have his thirty points now, four uh four 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 rebounds, six assists. I think putting you in that role has been beneficial for you because not only you already had the confidence, 
But being in this role now, it's not, it's not just showed everybody that you can play, but it's showing guys on your team, okay, now, now we, when, when John get back, we can come into our own. Now we got our two stars that can take us to the next level. How you feel now that, mm-hmm. when, and, what, and what really snapped to you to, from going to the season you had last year to now averaging 30 points? So to answer the last one, what snapped for me is I asked my trainer, I work out with Drew Hanlon. I asked Drew about three summers ago, I said, do you think I can average 30 in the league? And we sat there and we were like, with where my game was, we was like, it's possible, but it's some, it's a lot of stuff that you got to do better and add to your game in order for you to do it. And so for me, it was shooting more threes, shooting off the dribble more at the three, and getting to the free throw line. And so mm. seeing all them things and basically over the last course of the last three years, that's all I've been adding to my game. It's been threes, getting to the line, finishing, making my damn free throws. And and just constantly growing, and then before I knew it, I was at thirty, mm-hmm. and it was and it didn't feel like it was a strenuous, and then it didn't feel didn't feel strenuous every night. Like it felt like mm-hmm. in rhythm thirties. Like I didn't mm-hmm. have to go out and mm-hmm. be forceful, and like Talk oh yeah. man, I got to force and go get thirty. Talk like, to him. Yeah, I got everything in rhythm. Like it was just mm-hmm. natural flow for me to go get it's a, go get thirty. It's in your package. It's the full package. That's dope, man. It's been beautiful to see. Like I said, I, I caught you, you know, going towards the end of my career, Jack, same thing. We caught you toward the end. But to see your stead, like you're someone who you could see the steady improvement, steady improvement to where you are now, you know, and it, it, it's yeah. obviously a hats off to your hard work, your effort, your, your mental approach to, to your trainer. But it, it's beautiful to see because you're, you're a perfect picture of, you know, steady growth and, and becoming the star you become today. So I think that's dope to see and dope to watch as a fan. Man, I have to. I have to. Because I look at James Harden, I look at Dame, I look at Clay, I look at I look at everybody that play my position. And it's like they getting better every year. They're adding mm-hmm. something to their game. And it's either you get with the program or you get left behind. And <laughs> Facts. <laughs> period. You know what I'm saying? And I feel like I'm elite. I feel like I can compete. I feel like I'm one of those guys. And but you can't talk it. You gotta you gotta do it. And it can't be spurts of it. It's gotta be on a consistent basis on a consistent basis with efficiency. And so that's mm-hmm. that's been my drive over the last few years and just been especially this year, just been really focused in on how I play, what I'm doing. And honestly, I'm not an analytical guy, so I I say after analytics and just go hoop. Yep. As you Me should. La- last February, you became the first player since Kobe in 2007 to have 50-point games back-to-back days. You scored 104 mm-hmm. points, or excuse me, 108 points in 24 Man. hours. <laughs> Tell me what that shit Lord. was like, because that's incredible to even <laughs> That's incredible to even have to say. That's like, what a did whole it feel bunch like? of buckets, man. That's buckets. Man, you know what's crazy? I remember... I hear all y'all, you know, I hear all the OGs talk all the time, stack, man, I hear all y'all talk, and then I heard T-Mac talking. T-Mac said, Bill should have been had a 50-point game by now. And I was like, mm. damn, T-Mac. That <laughs> sounds like... But, but I feel like Mac, hey, Mac, Mac been taking a lot of jabs at me in my career, man. I was like, damn, Mac. And so I was like, okay, say no more. And sure enough, I just knew I was due for a 50-piece. I was due for one. Yeah. I would have nice, I would have 47, 46, 48. And I'm like, 
damn, that's two free throws. Man, that's another jumper. Mm-hmm. That's a three. And it's like, I just started getting hungry. And then when I was on the cusp, granted, the only thing I hate about the 50 pointers is we lost both games. Lost both mm-hmm. of them. So yeah, it's like, man. Them joints really don't hold weight, but like, I was in the zone that. Man, I, I don't, I really can't even explain it, fellas. Like, <laughs> 50. Like, I just went and mm, got it. Twice. You got to explain it to us because we don't know. We don't know nothing about 50 points, so you got to explain it to us. Yeah, I ain't touched 50, <laughs> I ain't touched 50 <laughs> since high school, so I don't know what that feeling like. This, oh, I ain't never scored 50 was, in my life. It was just being, like I said before, having that mental confidence in myself of, being the best player on the floor, being confident in my game. It was one quote that Michael Jordan said that, that resonated with me throughout the year or two. He said, I don't fear anybody because I trust my work ethic. Mm-hmm. I put the work in. Mm-hmm. Like I put the work I put the work in like on a daily basis. I see myself. I know how hard I work. I know how good I am. Like, what do you what what are you to fear? What is there to fear? Mm-hmm. Facts. Mm-hmm. Nothing. Absolutely nothing. What's up? I'm John Wall. And I'm CJ Toledano, and we're starting a new podcast presented by DraftKings called Point Game. We're now joined by three-time NBA Sixth Man of the Year, elite bucket getter. Let's please welcome Jamal Crawford to Point Game. King of the Court one-on-one tournament. If they had it back in your prime, do you think he could have took it all? I'm going to be honest with you. I don't think I could have took it all, but I think I would have shocked a lot of people. I think Kobe and everybody in their prime, Kobe would win a one-on-one contest. Yeah, I, yeah, because you got to think, Love he's going to guard. He don't care about guarding. He's going to guard. He's going to exactly. guard. Like, you see him in the Olympics, exactly. he's going to guard. And then on I'm top of that. like that, see that? Ladies and gentlemen, please welcome Sam Cassell to Point Game. I remember you came out from crying tears. <laughs> crying tears. I mean, he was in a culture shock. And then I, his, he's going to withdraw us about winning. Remember what I told you? I said, I said, OG, you think I can get paid and go back and play in college because he didn't need it. <laughs> Check out Point Game with John Wall and CJ Toledano on the iHeartRadio app, DraftKings YouTube, or wherever you get your podcasts. AT&T connects an ode to podcast. Connect the alarm, change the podcast you stream. Connect the snooze, 10 more minutes to dream. Connect the shower, lather up with the news, sports talk, comedians, or movie reviews. Connect with that three-hour philosophy show. Change the drive into work and traffic so slow. Connect the dishes to voices that glow. Thank you to the geniuses of spoken audio. Connect the stories, change your perspective. Connecting changes everything. AT&T. The 2024 presidential campaign features two candidates who are very well known to Americans. And yet, there's complexity at every turn. Criminal trials for one of those candidates. Young voters who are angry. The Campaign Moment podcast from The Washington Post gives you what matters. I'm Aaron Blake, and I'm covering my 10th election cycle. My colleagues and I have insights that you won't find anywhere else. So follow the campaign moment right now, wherever you're listening. Tell me, is this urban legend or is it true? Did you get drug tested after those, after you went back to back 50s? Yeah, I did. <laughs> you know, and they call no and they, they, they have the crazy. nerve to call them shits random drug tests. Get yeah, the I, fuck not, out of here. League, I love y'all, man, but come on, man. Come on, we know these tests. We know these tests hey. ain't, ain't random, man. Y'all, y'all, y'all hey. targeting people. 
Man, straight up. Hey, if, if Jack dropped back-to-back 50 points, you better believe come test, and I'm going to tell you what you're going to hey. find in that, that, in that P, hey. too. A whole lot of trees. <laughs> <laughs> A whole That's bunch crazy, of they lied. Yeah, I love it. Uh, I, I didn't know. I didn't know if that was hey, urban uh, legend because I didn't know if you actually said it. But that's dope. No, nah, yeah, I got yeah. They tested. He's not the first though. They did to some yeah, other guys. You know, somebody they starting to test us after games now. Crazy. Yeah, I heard that. Insane. Right, right after the game, you got thirty minutes here. We need that. <laughs> I, just, I, I just sweated everything I don't out. I just yeah, that was crazy. Hey, let me tell you, Brad. When we was in there smoking and that shit had to happen, like having to come up clean on the spot when you know you smoke before the game. Shit ain't easy, bro, man. but I did it. <laughs> he's a magician, bro. Just, just, just know that he's a magician. Houdini. Yeah, I used to get that yeah, shit up out of me. Hey, uh, 2018 and 2019, uh, All-Star, right? But you got snubbed. Yeah, snubbed. And, and, you, and you, were, you were real vocal about it. I mean, snub, snubbed is an understatement. Uh, you should have made it a lot before a lot of those guys, but you were real vocal about it, and I would, and I would be too. I feel like I missed a couple All Star games because of nonsense, but you just flat out missed it off hate. Well, uh, tell me your thoughts on that. <laughs> damn, damn. <laughs> real talk, damn. I, don't, I don't know why. That's I mean, the truth. Granted, granted, we weren't we weren't winning games, so I, I would feel like that's the only thing that you can really plan on me, like, but. What is an all-star game? Like, all right. stars. You know? Like, so all that's, the stars. That was my perspective of it. It was like, what is an all-star game? What is the all-NBA team? Like, what are those accolades? Like, those are all individual accolades. Those aren't team-based accolades. And so, right. yeah, I felt, I felt disrespected. Hell, I felt beyond disrespected, you know, because, granted, we know the fans are going to do what they do. You know, fans, mm-hmm. gonna, they got their, their voting percentages. We love the fans. They're going to vote the way they vote. But the media and the coaches, like, I felt like that was beyond disrespectful. And a lot of the way I was playing was really directed <laughs> to a lot of the damn coaches. Because the yeah, coaches ended up yeah. picking the reserves. Like, right. We know the starters are going to be off the fans. We, hey, mm-hmm. I ain't getting more votes than Giannis. I know that. <laughs> we, hey, I ain't even looking for them votes. But I think as, as the coaches, I think we, I think y'all should know because I'm kicking y'all ass every night. So, exactly. Like, I feel like in that regard, like, yeah, I feel like I should be respected. And especially when the players voted me to start in the game. Tough. That's what had me mind blown. Like, Tough. the players voted me Tough. to start in the game, and I don't even make the game. But That don't yeah. make no sense. They don't make no sense. Okay. That lets you know, that lets you know okay. they got a whole bunch of people uh, making those decisions and making those votes, controlling those votes that never played basketball. They got kicked off their baseball team, so now they want to come vote on basketball <laughs> and shit like that. Like, I, I hate that shit because it don't make no sense. How could the players, how could the players who play the goddamn game vote you as a starter, but you don't? That don't make no sense. I'm that first team all common sense, Matt. I'm first team all common sense. Yeah, I didn't make yeah, no all star games, but I'm first fact. team all common sense. You know what I'm saying? That shit didn't make no sense at all, dog. <laughs> zero. Zero. I'm zero. Still zero. I'm trying to wrap my head around it. I don't get it, but hey, I'm going to keep working. Keep Fuck working, keep baby. Keep pushing. So you have a classic meme now, over 4 million views from a fan <laughs> when you was walking to the tunnel that oh, said you suck. Dinner. And the motherfucking face you made <laughs> to that fan, like, 
All you wanted, but you just wanted my attention. Just say what's up, Brad, or something. That motherfucker right, yeah, said you just... suck. In the face you made, talk to us about that shit. It was funny, dog, because you know how hard it is to play in Denver. You know, you'd be up there oh, gasping crazy. for air mm-hmm. 30 seconds. So we won the game, and we was hype as hell. And so I had about 35, and so I'm running back into the locker room. Mm-hmm. I'm geeked. All of a sudden, I'm slapping hands. Bill, you suck. I'm... Man, that's, come on, man. You serious? <laughs> you, you know, I said, you just watched the same game I just watched. Ain't no way you can believe that. Ain't, Ain't no, no way, way you, you can believe, believe that, that. up. <laughs> <laughs> you don't believe that shit. <laughs> you can't. That's crazy. Oh, that's what man. fans will say anything just to get somebody's attention. Just to get Knowing goddamn well they don't believe. I mean, me and Jack didn't, you know, they didn't throw a motherfucking poster at Jack's face in Utah. I remember one time we was in the playoffs that Jack got arrested for some shit, and they had Jack in the motherfucking jail outfit just to, you know, obviously oh just to God. get just to get his attention. But I think that kind of stuff, like I, I tell people when I play, like I enjoyed interacting with the fans even while we play because it just makes the shit so much more special. You yeah. know what I mean that that fan is gonna remember that shit for the rest of his life. You know, Jack is cool with the dude that made the, 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 the sign, you know, shit, 13 mm-hmm. years ago. Those right. are the kind of experiences that make our game so dope because it's, it's, other sports don't really get a chance to do that. Yeah, a lot of what a lot of people don't know is a lot of these fans be fueling a lot of these streaks guys be going on, on the, when they be getting hot. Word. So, Word. Talking that shit. Talking shit, to, talking shit to players, like, that piss players off, and they start going on a little streak, and they point at you and be like, it's your fault. Yeah, your mm-hmm. your fault. Your team just got killed. <laughs> yeah, it's your fault. Yeah, what's I the craziest? What's the craziest road crowd you feel like you've played uh, in the arena? Craziest uh, travel arena? Mm. Mm. Like hectic fans or like yeah, just yeah loud hectic. As shit? Both. If, if there's both, we all know Utah hectic. Like they just. Mm. Re- Ridiculous hey, shit. Man. We got some man, stories man, about man. Utah. Yeah, Utah's hectic. Um, <laughs> we got stories about Utah. Yeah. I don't know if it's like a... It ain't no place like Utah, hell. Yeah, well, I mean, one, one, one thing about Utah is not only... Okay, one, one, you have the fans that just... Some are racist or some just diehard Utah fans. But then you can't breathe in that motherfucker the first minute, the first uh, quarter. <laughs> That's another yeah. thing. You, you, you got to talk trash. Similar. You got to hit them, talk trash. Then you're trying to get in shape in the first quarter because you can't breathe out there. That's yeah. a double whammy. That's he a said double a double whammy. whammy. <laughs> you yeah. Facts. Yeah. And you got to remember to lick your lips because I remember you used to play with them. This shit used to look like... So I, said, how the, I said, how the fuck did Jack sneak a powdered donut in on the court? Hey, no boy, this nigga <laughs> cotton mouth and dehydrated. It used to be cotton mouth. First quarter, cotton mouth. Mouth dry as hell, dog. All them swishes. All them swishes, though. That was the swishes back then. Hey. <laughs> that motherfucker used to... The mouthpiece used to be stuck to the side of his lip. Like, yo, bro, go just go so, have someone spray some water somewhere in this area or lick them up. That Jack used to go through it up there, boy. <laughs> that was your favorite oh line. That was your favorite line. Hey, 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 one more thing. That was his favorite I just line. By I, I just walked by him. Go ahead. Lick them bitches. Lick them That's bitches. At the free throw line somewhere on the court. <laughs> hey, Jack, lick them bitches. Because <laughs> that motherfucker's lips would get so dry during it. I'm thinking, like, we on TV. I don't want people talking about my man like that. So it, I could break up any kind of hectic yeah, situation yeah, with Jack. 
When I tell Jack, Jack, just lick them bitches real quick. Oh, my God. <laughs> That's classic, hey, though. Uh, any, any favorite playoff memories up to this point? Uh, you guys had some cool oh, shit with, you know, with Paul hitting game winners and against the Celtics, against the Raptors, Cavs, anything that really stands out to you? The whole Boston series. Mm. You can, we need Hell to call NBA TV today and just tell them to play that whole damn series. That was a yeah. great series. Man, Because, you know, it's crazy. We had, we had IT on our team this year, and so that's all we would talk about. Mm -hmm. The whole, just that series and just how crazy it was. He gave us... 50 in game two. Mm-hmm. 50. Mm-hmm. Mm -hmm. mm -hmm. right after right after his sister passed. Like, yeah, mm -hmm. that was that was a tough time too. That was tough. He got out there and got it he got out there and got it done. Absolutely. Tell me hey, hey tell me the difference between uh Paul as a teammate and playing against him. Man, when I first played against Pete Pierce, he was in Brooklyn. I thought Paul was the most arrogant. Asshole I've ever witnessed <laughs> play game of basketball. <laughs> the, he talk, can be. The most talk ridiculous to you. I'm at mm -hmm. the free throw line. He on the bench standing up. I don't see it. I don't know why they drafted you. Number. I don't see it. <laughs> <laughs> I'm mid free throw. I look. What the fuck? I, I, <laughs> I knocked down my shots, boom, boom, boom. Finished the game. I knew we played them two weeks later. I dunked his ass. I remember uh, like just oh, I dunked uh, the shit out of Pete. And then hey, he's okay. Then he's like, okay, okay. And then sure enough, the next year he was on our team. And then he was the, <laughs> the most amazing teammate, the best that's dude. Dope. And I was like, damn, like, that's a true sign of like a winner. Like the guys he with, he rocking with. He no don't give a what. damn who on the other team, who you are, mm -hmm. That's what you how got go. going. F give you. A fuck. Give a fuck. <laughs> F give you. A fuck. I'm rocking with That's my guys and who we got. And I respect That's it. And watching them, watching them night in and night out, still, what, I don't even remember what year it was from, 16, whatever. First one in the gym, last one to leave. Still doing his routines every day, his band work, he lifting. He's still doing everything, every single day. Like it was clockwork. Love it. Mm, it was yeah, clockwork. Solid. They don't realize how. Shout out PP, man. People don't realize how good he was. Hey, talk to us a little bit about the 2020 Hall of Fame class going in. Uh, obviously, Kobe, mm. like we said, rest in peace. Timmy, yes, KG, arguably the the greatest Hall of Fame inductee class we've seen. Do you have any personal stories with any 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 three of those guys? Any one of them? Excuse man, me. One one you can't argue none of, them. and it's blasphemy if it come out of your mouth. Right. Right. Otherwise. You know, um, it was the same with KG because KG was on that Brooklyn team. And so mm -hmm. he was talking crazy right along with Paul. So I got some of that action, too. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I got some of that action from him, too. But I was I was more so more. I was always cool knowing who KG was because Sam always told me about him when I was younger in the league. Mm -hmm. When Sam we used to play with him in Minnesota, then went to Boston and played it was like he used to tell me everything about how he carried himself as a pro off the floor. Like, just just everything about him was just great. And the fact that he was a dog, I feel like him and mm -hmm. Tim Duncan, the best, two best power fours probably ever played. Like, mm -hmm. and you, you can't argue that. I think it's amazing that they both get to get in there 
at the same time. Same like that's time. that's dope to see. Yeah, that's they came in together too. And Tim Duncan, it was just always the damn one thing I remember. Boy, that shot off the glass. I'll never forget mm -hmm. that shit. Clean. I'll never forget. Clockwork. Clockwork. Stiff. Jab, jab, jump off the glass. That's what he goes to do. <laughs> Niggas said stiff, Both stiff. sides. Both <laughs> sides Whatever of the you lane. Need. Whatever you need. Hey, I was watching NBA TV uh, yesterday. I happened to see it, and, and it was when I was with the Clippers, game seven. He was 36 years old. We had not, they had won the championship a year before. We locked him out in the first round. But Timmy was going to work, but you could tell he was at the end because you know how when you get older, Jack, you know, like when you take contact, you're falling all the time. You know what I mean? Like yeah, you just can't, yeah. you know, you fall down a lot more. Timmy was killing, yeah. but that motherfucker probably hit the ground about 13 yeah. times in that game, <laughs> but he was still killing. I think he was 36 or 37. We got lucky and beat there. Not luck, we ended up beating him, but it was amazing to see just he was still him uh, mm -hmm. until the very end. It was beautiful. And I say that, I say that for Kobe. I say Kobe was one of still one of the hardest guys I've ever had to guard oh. late in his career. Mm -hmm. Yeah, no question. Because no question. He, I remember when I played him, he he shot the ball about 40 damn times. But, <laughs> <laughs> but it was amazing just to see, like, his craft at the same time. Mm -hmm. Like, he still had it. He still had the footwork, his pump fakes. The footwork. Like, his yeah, spots, I mean, look, like his, look, look, look how many points he scored his last game. I mean, that's mm -hmm. that, 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 that's a lot right there. That's he had a ratchet. That mm. tell you alone. Mm. That's, how so that's, that, that's yeah. why I tell people when they ask me who the hardest for me to guard was him because like you said it was the footwork it was the skill work he had and then you knowing that when he takes that one or two dribbles to the baseline right he's gonna shot fake you but you still fucking jump because he'll shot fake you seven times because he's not gonna pass seven you know what I mean times. like if he gets in that move he'll shot fake you until you jump and foul him and it was just like god damn Cole that shit is crazy bro and you know what's crazy have you y'all heard him y'all heard him y'all heard him hiss before huh like kiss for yeah, the ball. Yeah, when he needs the ball. Yeah, yeah. That's that's when that you have you got to give him the ball. He's so crazy. Yeah. So it's my first game playing against him. He's on the wing. I think I want to say Sasha had the ball. <laughs> all of a sudden, all of a sudden he says, "That's it." That's it. That's him. That's cold. And all of a sudden the ball was in his hand. I said, oh, my God, that's all you got to do to get the ball? I said, Yo, it don't matter that's how the, loud the that, arena hey, is. That's ahead, that Jack. mamba noise. That's that mamba Man, snake noise. I'm trying to tell you, it don't matter how loud the arena is. You're going to hear that motherfucking hiss, and the ball better be in his hands in, like, the next three to five seconds. Ball, <laughs> and if you have, the, hey, if there, you have the nerve to sh if you Damn. have the nerve to shoot and miss with, after he hisses, go back on film and just watch Cove's face. Oh. If, if that motherfucker hisses and you take a shot and miss... He might look at you crazy if you make that bitch, but if you miss, that motherfucker, if, if looks and kill, boy, you'd be struck dead on the court. That shit used to crack me up, man. <laughs> uh, top five duos of all time. Don't be afraid to throw you and John in there if you think. Duos? Mike yep. Pip. Um, mm. I like... Um, I like Penny and Shaq. Mm. Of course. How mm. can you not? Mm. I like Penny Shaq, Kobe Shaq. Mm -hmm. I don't know if you use. I don't know if you use Shaq twice. You can. Um, yeah, you can. Yeah. He's that motherfucking good. That's what I was say. He's dominant. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Mm, let me see. Yeah. That's what. That's two. Because I, I like. I like. I like the. I like the. I'm a old. I'm a old head almost. So I like to watch. I'm trying to think of some old heads. Duo. 
duos. I liked, I liked Dumars and Thomas. Hmm. People don't remember that. GP and Kemp. Mm-hmm. Stockton yeah. Malone. Stockton Malone. It was a lot. I would say mm -hmm. Mike Pip, Kobe, Shaq, T Mac. I mean, not T Mac. Penny, Penny and Shaq. Yeah. There's D Wade, LeBron. There's Steph and Clay. There's KD and Russ. There's KD and Steph. There's some duos out there. Damn, what you know when you put it like that? That's Steph KD. <laughs> there's a lot. That's, there's the a, Steph KD one was ridiculous. That shit was tough. Yeah. That's just Fire lethal. and ice. Fire and ice. That's lethal. You got a seven-footer out there doing the same thing the six-three six, guy doing. People sleep on that Tim Duncan and David Robinson. Mm. Oh, I forgot about call. Or, or Tony, or, 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 or Tony and Tim. Shit. No, 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 no. Just because no, you don't no, like Tony, no, don't make that no, one of the best. No, he just don't no, like Tony. No, no, no. Tony Parker was not. He was not like that. He, hey. Hey, listen. It just look at 2000. We won the championship. He didn't finish none of them games. Tony Parker didn't finish. Speedy Claxton had to finish because Marbury was killing him. All the point guards was killing him. He, he was, was early. I mean, he, he was only he 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 was only twenty at the time. He let let the man develop a little bit. I mean, Man Ginobili was young too. But you was cut from a different cloth. You came from the states. You came from the streets. You came from chewing concrete. You, you mean you chew concrete? That nigga came from you know. I would have had another chip. He would have passed me the ball, dog. If he would have passed the ball, we'd have had another chip. Look at the OKC game. He just hey, imagine something. Let me ask something, B. Motherfucker, you get you hit six threes in a row, and then the motherfucker start looking you off in the in the Western Conference game six to close it out. What you gonna think? Hold up, but not me. When he come in the locker room, everybody in the in the locker room looking at him crazy. And even I get a, I ain't gonna say the coach name, but the coach come sit by boys, Matt. The coach come sit between me and Tim Duncan and say, y'all did everything y'all could. Somebody tried to be a hero, but I ain't gonna say who said that. Tough. So so yeah. that so that story is hey, why yeah. we can't hey, we yeah, can't say. If I hit six of them bad boys, you gotta swing that, motherfucker. You gotta swing that, man. You, you got swing to swing it, that. Oh, shit, if I just made one, you got to swing. Yeah. <laughs> That's all I'm saying, man. That's all I'm saying. That's I funny. Tough, uh, the uh, toughest player you had to battle with today, though. Well, today, yeah. Clay, mm -hmm. James Harden, anybody at your position, the toughest player. It's always, it's real good battles between them two, James and Clay. Always. Always. Yeah. Always. Like, I, I, get, I get joy out of that because I know I'm getting their best, like, um, well, at least, at least on, with Clay, you y'all gonna guard each other. Y'all gonna guard each other. <laughs> yeah, yeah, James ain't gonna yeah. guard you, but you and Clay, y'all gonna guard each other. Yeah, yeah. But even for me, like that's a challenge in guarding James, like because at the same time, like I study him, so mm. I know I know a lot of his stuff. I put some of his his package into mine too. Like, mm -hmm. uh, like I ain't no shame in my game. Like if I know I know talent in in game when I see it, and I right. I pay respects to it. And James mm -hmm. got game. And yes, so sir. Like, for sure. Yes, like he studying does. Studying him and looking at his footwork, looking at the shot, like how he get his shots off, looking at how he draw fouls. Like I watch all that. Like and it's because like he's a game changer. Like yep. I honestly feel like we don't have the game. Uh, we wouldn't have the game we have today if it wasn't for James because he draws fouls so much. Like you see, that's all damn near the NBA is today. Yeah, he master that. He mastered he that mastered. shit. He mastered. Mm -hmm. it. 
But him, Clay, like I know Clay is gonna be a hard nosed defender. He's gonna be tough as hell trying to chase around on the other end of the floor. I love going against Avery Bradley and Marcus Smart because I know mm. that they gonna they gonna be pests on defense. Like they gonna foul the shit out of me. They are gonna take the balls sometime, and I know that that's gonna be like that challenges me to get better. Like I feel like that I love that type of competition mm-hmm. because they gonna bring it. They dogs. Yeah. Is it true that uh, taking you back a little bit, Nelly used to walk you to school when you was young? Yeah. How did that come uh, about? So yeah, uh, oh man. So he went to University City High School, and that's where my mom taught. So that's the it's the same it's a city. So that's where I grew up. That's where Jason grew up. Let's hate him. That's where mm-hmm. he grew up. Nelly grew up. The whole St. Lunatics. They all we all from U City. So my mom taught all the St. Lunatics in high school, and once that's they dope. went on, they they. You know, path to glory and fame, and they would come back every now and then to the school and say what up to everybody and be around in the city. And my elementary school was literally a hundred feet across the street from the high school, and so mm. every now and then, like he would pop in and walk me across the street, and he was like, That's he was like, oh, you was stomping in your Air Force One last week, actually. <laughs> you were stomping in your Air Force Ones. Y'all know you had them Air Force Ones. <laughs> over there, over her. Over oh, her. Yeah. <laughs> it's crazy. We got, them, we, got them, we got them strong ERs on it. <laughs> but yeah. people don't realize, man, because I, I, I think people forget how influential Nelly was to music when he was on top. You mean, what did Jay say? Uh, it, only, only niggas move, moving units is M, Pimp, J, uh, Pimp Juice, and us. Like, it was... Nelly yeah. was... At the top of the charts back then, really putting on for St. Louis, man. He changed the game for a long time. Yeah, definitely shout people, out to Nelly. A lot of people don't know Nelly kind of paved the way for a lot of cuts, man. Mm. He, he did paid, a, lot paid a, lot a, a lot of them. A lot of them. Sure. He had kids wearing band aids on their face to the concert <laughs> with, with, with no cuts. They had no, no cuts. cuts. They had a band aid <laughs> <laughs> with the do rag with the headband on top. Who would you like to see as a guest on our show? Now, before you answer this question. If you say somebody and you have a plug that, that we can get them on the show, you, we got to use your plug. So who would you like to see as a guest on our show? Because we, we, we asked John this question, and that's how we got you. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I would either say Jay Tatum. We got him, we got him today. Let me see. Y'all got Dame? No, nah, we ain't got Dame. Dame, Dame would be good. Good call. Dame Lillard. Dame, Dame. Lillard. Yep. Yeah, we own that. We own that one. That's a nice one. Good call. Uh, most underrated player in the NBA? Besides yourself. Yeah, I think as good as you are, I still think you're underrated. Yeah. I would say... Everybody... Uh, I don't think he underrated, but Drew. <laughs> yeah. Everybody Drew Hall- says Man, listen, everybody Drew said that. Every player has said Drew Holiday. We got to yeah. get Drew on here. We like got to get him on the show. Uh, when I tell you, like, 95% of people we ask that say Drew Holiday is fucking crazy. It's not even it's not even funny how talented he is. Like, mm, he, mm. on both ends Sick. of the floor. Facts. Both ends. Two-way. Yeah. He just don't say nothing. Player play yeah. with the most swag. What player has the most swag? It's tough it's, because everybody kind of got, like, an ego. Like, everybody got their yeah. own little... Their little alter the, ego. Yeah, yeah, everybody got their own little, you know... I think bronze is. I think bronze. Everybody like notices bronze. Yeah. Uh, I think Steph, Steph in a way, like in his little celebrations yeah. and stuff. Yeah. 
in his little yeah. Steph way. Yeah, yeah the Steph way. Because <laughs> Steph, Steph, like, like, yeah, like, Steph trying to piss you off. Like, Steph play my yeah, ass. Yeah, he do. Uh, uh, I don't know. What are you currently binge watching? Blacklist. Oh, that's my show, man. There's so many shows. I got to like catch it. up. I think I'm on, like, season three. Blacklist, I love Blacklist. Right. That's yeah. Black, yeah, Blacklist is a good show, man. Good call. Favorite quarantine snack while you quarantining? What you, what you snacking on? Man, what ain't I snacking on? <laughs> right. <laughs> <laughs> My go-to is soft chocolate chip cookies. Ooh. Someone else just said that the other day, too. Fresh out the oven or just a soft package like Chips Ahoy? It don't even matter. As long as they're soft. <laughs> yeah, Packs. yeah. Word. That's the only, only requirement. Uh, favorite retro jersey? I would say the old Raptors joints. Mm-hmm. Mm. With the dinosaur on it. That's a classic. Courtside seat at any game in history, which game would it be and who would it be? You know what's funny as hell? I would have watched... My agent just sent it to me yesterday. He was like, watch this game on YouTube. It was Michael Jordan. We just watched it last week. Michael Jordan in the garden when he had 60. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Epic. Epic game. Can you imagine being courtside? That shit would have been dope. <laughs> That'd have been nasty. I would have loved yeah, to see that. Yeah, yeah, me All too. All right, man. Well, that, hey, Brad, we appreciate your time, man. Thank you for spending it with us. Best of luck. You and your family stay safe, man. And we're looking forward to seeing you and John get back together and Two do your real thing, ones, man. man. Two real ones, man. I appreciate y'all, boys. Nah, man. we appreciate Thanks, you, man. little bro, man. We appreciate, appreciate everything, you, dog. Sure. Thank My you, man. man. Hey, man, that's a wrap. Uh, special quarantine edition with our special guest, Bradley Beal. We thank him for his time. Jack, great show. Good job, you can bro. catch this on Showtime Basketball YouTube or all platform streaming podcasts. All of them. At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. See for yourself when you sign up today and get $150 in bonus bets when you bet just $5. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. I'm Katia Adler, host of The Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico. Now I'm covering the stories behind the news all over the world in conversation with those who break it. Join me Monday to Friday to find out what's happening, why, and what it all means. Follow the global story from the BBC wherever you listen to podcasts. A rested child is a happy child. Sleep Tight Stories is a weekly podcast that brings comfort and joy to families worldwide with calming bedtime stories. The stories are relevant to children and spark wonder without overstimulation, so they can fall asleep and stay asleep. Listen to Sleep Tight Stories on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. For a bedtime routine you'll miss when they're grown, Sleep Tight Stories. something about how this place forms a different kind of person. On my high school team, we had five guys make the NBA. 
We had the county rocking. You mentioned Prince George's County. People know what it's about. It's the mecca of basketball. There are those who come before us upon whose shoulders we stand. Being from this area, you have to have tough skin. The gym became his sanctuary. PG County guy. Provide buckets for America. Prince George packs a lot of power, a lot of character. It's nothing that you can do to stop that competitive edge. We're pushing the community and the culture forward. There's just in the water. This life was all I ever wanted. I'm not leaving. Not yet. I was hoping you'd say that. We gotta hit the streets, make some money. People like us must destroy people like him. Get Showtime free at Showtime.com.